Welcome back to the Strong Mamas Podcast, a mind, body, nutrition, and fitness podcast for women living with Hashimoto's and PCOS. I am your host, Natalie Guevara, certified nutrition and fitness professional with a specialty in female metabolism, hormones, and functional nutrition. I have dedicated not only my career, but my life to understanding the unique needs of women dealing with thyroid dysfunction and PCOS after my own journey and struggle. I'm an advocate for health, fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, and mindset to help you find freedom and confidence in your body and in your life. This podcast is the place for knowledge, conversation, community, and inspiration. Let's dive right in together. Welcome back to another episode of the Strong Mamas podcast. Today we have an exciting interview, a special guest with Jenna. Um, So I'm going to let Jenna give her full introduction. She is a fellow coach, so she's going to be able to share lots of valuable information with us today. A little different perspective, a little different shift, if you will, from um, a different lens. And so Jenna, just go ahead and take it away and let us know who you are, where you came from and how you got here. I love it. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Natalie. I'm so excited to be here and to share with your audience. Um, I am a coach. I've been a coach. I actually started as an in-person personal trainer five years ago in Raleigh, North Carolina. So we're not that far apart. Um, And during the pandemic, I started to realize that online business is a thing and you can actually shift your clientele that direction. So that's something I started pursuing as a result of the pandemic. And also I realized that I wanted to help the person on a holistic level. I really wanted to be able to really dive deep with clients. And I felt like I wasn't really getting that with in-person training. And so that's when I decided to go all online, just really dive into that space and to provide my clients with that full 360, um, experience. So here we are today. Um, but honestly, the reason why I got into this in the first place is I think like all of us, right. I had my own personal journey, my own personal struggles specifically around, um, really an obsessive state of exercise and and nutrition. And I ran myself into the ground and it was, it had a bigger impact on my health than I realized. So I ended up losing my cycle for about a couple of years and then got to a really low weigh-in for the first time since I was like, you know, a very young teen and that was just unhealthy. So From there, I started to rebuild my relationship with food. I worked with a coach um, and I actually got certified in nutrition to really dive deeper into these things because I was one of those people that was like, well, the more I know about this, the better and the more able I'll be able to help myself. And then I was like, wait, this stuff is fascinating and I can actually make an impact on other people, which is something I've always loved doing. So fast forward to today. Now I do that full time. I work with women to help them realize that their health and fitness is more than just weight loss, which I think ties really well into your podcast and your clientele as well. Um, so I'm just really excited to chat about mindset, gut health, all the things today, and, um, just grateful to be here. So you mentioned that, um, so 
I, I had a similar journey of, of in-person training and then moving to online training. What do you think is the biggest shift as far as your clients in, in making that change from, you know, the, the traditional personal training model, they show up a couple of times a week and train and then just go home to now what you're able to help them accomplish. Yeah. That's why, honestly, I made the transition because I started to realize how impactful you can truly be from an online perspective, because it, like you said, in person, you're only seeing the person one to two times, maybe three sessions a week. And then you had so many other clients on your load that you didn't really have time to, you know, program them extra workouts or be with them, you know, to review nutrition logs and things like that. So it kind of felt like I couldn't give the full experience. I couldn't support them as much as I wanted to. And now the clients that I work with, it's just so cool to see this like total transformation in their life as a result of the work that we do together. And that's because I have the time and the space to dedicate to them. And just because of the model that the way that it's set up, we can really, really influence a lot of different factors in their life. So to me, it just feels like it's definitely an all encompassing transformative process versus just the transactional come in for your workout. Okay. Goodbye kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's something that a lot of folks are starting to realize, but a lot of folks are still a little bit apprehensive to, um, mm-hmm. I actually had a, a chat with a client just yesterday chatting about how the perception is still there and it kind of, you know, dives into the mindset piece a little bit more as well, that they're getting more value or they're getting better results if they see someone in person. However, for most of them, it more, it's more tied to the fact that they feel like they need to be shamed or guilted into showing up Mm. for their goals. Whereas, online coaching where we're, we're there, we're there, we're like in their pocket, uh, so much more. And they're able to have like autonomy and ownership and they actually make a transformation. So it's so cool. Yeah. It's one of the things of COVID. <laughs> yeah. And even, I love that you touched on the autonomy part of the process. Cause that's exactly it. Right. I've had clients, especially in person who come to me and they're just like, tell me what I need to do. Tell me all the things that I need to do. And it's like, that's not how we make change. Right. And I'm sure we'll, we'll cover this in terms of mindset, but that's just not a good place to make changes from what we can do online is enable a client to make that decision on their own. So that way that they don't need us forever. And that's the ultimate coach's goal. Um, good coaches, at least, you know, some people want to hang on to you forever, but definitely speaking for myself and for Natalie, we love to be able to send you off on your way. It's the greatest accomplishment as a coach. When somebody comes to me and they're like, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to do this on my own. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yes. I love it. So at the graduation ceremony. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned, um, of course, and, and I've had a similar experience of running myself in, into the ground and, and you lost your cycle. Um, speak a little bit more about your kind of your, your health journey and, and struggles and obstacles along the way to getting to where you are. Those that are listening probably can't see Jenna, but she's, she's a thriving individual <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yes. Everything is good guys. Health is in check, but I love this question, Natalie, and I've been reflecting so much on this lately because I've been having conversations with clients about this, but how your health and fitness may start as something. So for me, I started with more of the aesthetics, right? I was really concerned, not even aesthetics as much as I was about the number on the scale, like I was obsessed, like need to get this number down. And that was just kind of years of diet culture, years of comments from family members, you know, just all that stuff that we absorb at that age. And so I was absorbing a lot of that. And that's why my initial goal going into the gym was very aesthetics focused. And 
that's kind of what led me into the obsessive sort of state was, well, if I eat less and I move more and I run six days a week and I eat 1200 calories, surely enough, I'll get the body that I'm looking for. And I did, I literally weighed 106 pounds, which for me is extremely tiny. I am, I'm pretty like muscular in nature. So everything was gone. I had no boobs, no butt, like nothing. And I still didn't like my body. And I was like, well, that's a shame. And I was like, this is not right. And I, from that experience, from there, I kind of climbed out of that. And it was through actually a doctor. I went to the gynecologist and they said, you know, you haven't had your cycle. It's probably a result of the fact that you've been doing too much, which happens to women all the time. We see this. And she advised me to gain 10 pounds at the time. And I was actually studying abroad in Spain. So I was like, perfect. I'm going to go to Spain and like, have a good time and, you know, eat my weight in food. And I'm a big foodie. So I was like, let me try all the things. And sure enough, I did. I gained 10 pounds. I came back, but I still didn't get my cycle back until I probably gained about another five from there. And even still, it was extremely spotty. So it took me a really long time for me to get that consistent cycle back. And even still to this day, if I drop below a certain number or I'm like too lean, I'll, it'll have hiccups again. It won't like lose it completely, but it'll have irregularities. And I'm like, interesting, like my body knows. And it's, it's a luxury, right? To have your cycle, to have that fifth vital sign that we talk about all the time. So eventually through that experience, I was like, well, shoot, I want this journey to be something that's improving my life, not making things worse for me and taking away from my health. So from there, I kind of made that transition into, okay, why don't I now focus on like eating enough food for my body? So paying attention to protein, paying attention to really the macro side of things. And that was really beneficial for me, but then there was the next layer And I feel like every person goes through this journey. And if you're here and you're like, I'm kind of like at the beginning of this story, I'm at, I'm in the middle, you're going to always probably have another progression that develops from that. So the last one that I've kind of been in now is really more of that micronutrient overall health nutrient quality stage. So focusing on things like my internal health, making sure that things are in a good place. And then any aesthetic goals are just kind of on the back burner. And honestly, I'm just, if, if aesthetics change. I'm like, okay, cool. If they don't, I'm like, okay, cool too. (laughs) So this is the beauty of this journey though, is because every, and that's why it's a journey. It's not a destination, right? We always have a next iteration of what our health and fitness looks like. And so I know that was like a long-winded answer to your question, but I think it's really relevant to kind of break it up in those stages and just see, because I had a conversation with a client yesterday too. And she expressed to me, she had, she has SIBO, which is a gut a gut issue. And she's had that for a few years now. And she felt really bad the first year that she had it. So then she found some support that would take it away temporarily, but she was still having episodes every now and then that she was dealing with, um, like bloating inflammation, all of those things where she would get that for like a week at a time. And yesterday on our call, she's like, I think I'm done like having those episodes in at all. She's like, I just want to constantly feel good in my body. And I was like, and you deserve that. And it's possible, you know? So it's really cool to see that progression. And I love, I love that part of the process. Yeah. So there's a lot in there. So I'm going to pick it apart a little bit. Yeah. Um, but the very, the very first thing that you, you said, I think is super important to dive into, Um, because it's something that so many struggle with. I know I've definitely been there as well. And if I'm truthfully honest, you know, pregnancy has definitely sparked some more like number obsession on the scale. Mm -hmm. 
So it's, it's a really challenging mindset shift for women. I can't speak for men. Um, for most women that I've, I've worked with or known to be able to shift from the, the number obsession to more of a understanding that this is, this is bigger than that. So talk a little bit about how you made that shift. Yeah, honestly, I'm not gonna, I'm also not going to sit here and say that I'm perfect at it either. Sometimes I, you know, I have this, like this number in my head that I'm like, if I get close to that number, that kind of like irks me a little bit. It doesn't ruin my day though. Right. And I think that's the big differentiator is in the past, if I got on the scale and I saw this increase, I would automatically assume that my body gained all this weight. Right. And you and I both know that your weight fluctuates for most women between like three to five pounds in a given day. So again, because I don't think enough women understand that. (laughs) Yes. Your weight fluctuates for various reasons between three to five pounds and probably even more than that for some women. So normal (laughs) and it's normal. Exactly. And so normalizing. So one approach that I took was the first one was actually daily weigh-ins. So as opposed to just randomly stepping on the scale, one thing that I did was weigh myself daily. And what this did was allowed me to actually realize that this number is going to fluctuate for all those different reasons, which we won't get into today, but there's a ton of different reasons why your scale is going to fluctuate Um, just from a biological standpoint, right? (laughs) Nothing that you're doing in particular. It's just like what's going on in your body. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one of the most impactful things because then I started to just almost take the obsession away from it, even though it sounds counterintuitive because I'm weighing myself more, but it, it allowed it to become more normal. Like I normalized it, you know, because I was exposed to the number every day and I was like, okay, yeah. And this, this is fluctuating. And I was learning the patterns and rhythm from that. So that was a really helpful tool that I utilized and something that I utilized with clients as well. And I think really the biggest shift was, I think, like being able to track progress in other ways, aside from the scale, which is another thing that I do with clients as well. So like looking at progress photos and seeing how much muscle my body has gained and seeing how much, you know, I feel comfortable in my clothes and how much more confidence I have. That was what I used as a metric, as opposed to constantly worrying about the number on the scale. So I almost like pulled in other points of data or other ways of tracking to sort of combat that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's super, super, super important. But I, I, again, just to reiterate, I think it's important that everyone knows that when you make these mindset shifts or you make these progress shifts, it doesn't mean that you shifted for forever. And so one day you can be really secure with, you know, the number on the scale and the next day it can be really, really the opposite end of the spectrum and being able to, to navigate these different tools and resources to be able to ground yourself and, and to, as you said, you know, normalize some of these things, it's really, really crucial and, and actually being able to move past that. So obviously you've got your cycle back, except for now we've got a little bit more awareness of, of things like that. Um, what was, what was your big shift in, in recognizing that this was kind of a, an issue that you needed to get your cycle back? To be honest with you, I don't think I knew how important that was until I started coaching myself. So I went to the doctor, obviously they expressed that that was a concern. She said it was nothing to be concerned about, like for the future, like in terms of pregnancy, fertility. And I, part of me was actually a little bit nervous about that because I didn't, I didn't know anything about this stuff. So 
now in hindsight, now that I know what I know, I was like, wow, that was actually, that's a problem. You know, that was like a big issue. So actually it wasn't something I realized until I started learning it for myself. And I was like, wow. And it's funny though, cause I had some instinctual sort of like, this isn't right. And you know, my mom for the longest time, cause I've had, I've had complications with my cycle. And, and obviously one of the first things that they recommended when I went to the doctor was to get on hormonal birth control. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm very grateful because my mom has always been in my corner for this and a huge advocate. My parents are just not really big medication people to begin with. So my mom was like, I don't really, she's like, I don't think that we want you on that. She's like, I just be safe in other ways. Like <laughs> we don't want you on that. And I don't want that to, to, for you to be on that, to get your cycle back. And I was like, okay, but it kind of, at the time I was like, well, this kind of seems like the quick fix. Why would I not do that? But I'm so glad that I had my mom just kind of putting that in my ear because I, you know, we, I'm sure you've talked about this before too, but how that can be a band-aid for other issues. And that would have yeah. never really solved the bottom, the root cause problem, which was the over-exercising, under-eating, over-stressed. And the more that I've actually learned in therapy, I've learned that maybe a lot of even specific trauma in college was almost, could have been a, a cause of this as well because that's what kind of caused me to be obsessed with running all the time and, you know, under eating. So chronically being stressed from all of those avenues, I think had a big result on that, but yeah, that was kind of, I, I did not know the impacts of, of that at the time, which was really funny to think about now. Because you mentioned that, you know, having our cycle is a luxury, which is, you know, such an interesting thing because so many women are like, Oh my gosh. I, you know, my period is so miserable. I hate getting my cycle every month. Uh, actually, I had a client tell me she got married this past weekend. She's so disappointed that she's going to have her cycle on her honeymoon this week. <laughs> um, you know, and, and from my perspective, and I'm sure you're as well, it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, it can be an inconvenient thing, but it is one of those things that we've come to understand is so crucial for understanding our health and, and what's going on with our bodies. And so uh, you're right. It, it is a luxury. It is, it is something that we should look forward to, but it doesn't need to be miserable. And I think that that's a key piece that so many people don't get. Yeah. So in your, your health journey, you also mentioned, you know, working with a coach. And I know we've talked previously about you also working for a coach for different issue, issues now. Um, what was, what was kind of the, the mindset or the, the shift to, to feel like as you're gaining this knowledge and this education that you needed support for your health? Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I was looking for when I first started coaching was to build a better relationship with food in my body. That was actually my main goal because yes, I wanted the weight loss, but underneath it all, I really just had an unhealthy sort of mindset and food occupied so much of my mind in such a negative way. And I was afraid to eat certain foods. And so while I didn't necessarily at the time think that's what I needed, I thought, oh, I just need to lose the last five to 10 pounds. What I really needed was to help my help recover that relationship, which has been probably damaged since I was a child, you know, just knowing how these patterns and how we've adopted these beliefs from people close to us growing up. So you know, fearing certain foods and not eating certain, eating certain things because you're afraid that they're unhealthy, like that sort of stuff. So that was really, for me, one of the biggest triggers that I realized when I first started coaching, I was like, oh, wow, this is like 
this was a problem. But thankfully by then I had, I had did a little bit of work in therapy on some of these eating issues. So it wasn't, I, it wasn't at that point, a eating disorder, but I did still have disordered eating tendencies, which is a little bit, that's, that's a different thing. Um, so if you have an eating disorder or anything like that, that's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about just natural sort of habitual things that you do and ways that you associate with food and the habits that you have around them. Um, so I was big, I was a big stress eater and that was something that I was challenged with. Um, and so that was something that I worked on with my first coach. So that was really why I went in, um, for the first place again, was because of the, the weight loss, but turned out to be a lot more than that was underneath the surface. Yeah. And I think that happens for a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. And so, and we've kind of talked about this, um, not yet on today's podcast. So currently you're working with another professional. So what kind of instigated that and, and where, where are you with your current health journey? Yeah, I love this. Um, so this is what I was talking about where it's just become like way more holistic and I'm really focused on my internal health because I have had hand eczema, dyshydrotic eczema on my hands for, Honestly, I think around college is probably where it started, which again, I was saying there was some stressful times there. So I'm starting to really tie all these links together. Um, it's, 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 it's insane. Yeah. And I had been dismissed by, I worked with an endocrinologist because I also had some cycle issues once I got my cycle back. So I started to kind of tie all these things together and I was like, this stuff has to be related. And the endocrinologist like testing me, you know, generic lab work was like, you're fine don't worry about it. And I was like, something, something is up here. I also had toe fungus, which sounds gross. It's, it's not here anymore. It hasn't been here for a few years, but that was another thing that I was experiencing. So I was like, this all has to be related, but again, got dismissed. And I was like, okay, whatever, I'll figure it out eventually. And so as we dove into, um, Natalie and I have both done FNMS with Sam Miller. And as we were diving into more of the gut health stuff, I was like, wait a minute, I wonder if I have something going on in my gut, which is causing this eczema reaction. And the woman that I actually work with now had a skin rash rebuild course that I took. It was like a eight week program. I want to say it was like around $200, something like that. And I just, I took it at the beginning of this year. So January, and I was like, I'm going to get to the bottom of these skin, these root, the, I'm going to get to the root cause of these skin issues because it feels like something bigger than I'm than I'm thinking. I've tried everything. I eliminated dairy, gluten, tried to work on stress management, like all the things to try and hit it from other angles. And I was like, there's something deeper here. So what I learned in that course was that a lot of skin issues are not necessarily tied to actual physical symptoms in your gut. So you might not be feeling gut issues. Like I go to the bathroom regularly. That's never been a problem, but hand eczema is often a result of GI issues. So I was like, okay, this must be it. And the woman that I work with actually specializes in dyshydratic eczema, which is exactly what I have. So since then, um, I did tons of testing. So I did a GI map, um, did some blood work, but just more specific values um, that we were looking at and was able to uncover, in, especially in my GI map, that I had a lot of bacterial overgrowth. So I had some fungus. I also had, um, which makes sense. I had the toe fungus, right? Ding, ding, ding. Um, and then I also have an incredibly low secretory IgA, which this is your immune system response in your gut. So think of it as like your policing system. So they kind of dictate what comes in, what goes out. It's kind of like the gatekeeper. 
that value for me on my lab work was a 200 and the recommended value was 1500. And I was like, okay, okay, this makes sense. And I also just thinking about the immune system in general, I don't generally get sick, but I feel easily worn down. Like I can like this podcast, like recording this podcast, that I'll probably be out for the count for the rest of the day. Like just no, <laughs> like noticing how your body kind of like, I'm like, okay. So I didn't have that layer of protection. Like, and so anyways, that causes a lot of the, the hand issues. So now the practitioner that I've been working with, she's actually a nutritionist, um, a clinical nutritionist. And we've been, I've been doing supplementation, like more supplements than I can count, but really trying to heal everything from internally. Um, so that way we can clear some of those things up and hopefully also improve my cycle health a little bit, because like we were saying, you know, you shouldn't have a cycle that is, um, really struggling or, or really debilitating. And I do the second day of my period, I can barely leave the house, um, just from an, from a cramping perspective, also from just a heavy flow. So anyway, I'm hoping that working on these gut issues will also kind of tailor into that, but if not, then we're also going to dig into hormones and just make sure, um, that everything is good there because eventually, you know, if we want to have a family, I want to be, I want my body to be ready for that process. So that's really where I've been at. <laughs> and I just got so tired of dealing with this symptom and, you know, worrying about my health that I was like, I am not living with this anymore. So that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. And none of y'all got to see how excited she got to talk about these gut issues and these skin issues. Um, but <laughs> I think for me, my first indication that I had Hashimoto's was that my scalp started flaking. So it looked like I constantly had tantrum mm -hmm. and couldn't manage my hair. Um, so, you know, when, when you find like the root cause of some of these things, it's just so so exciting to be able to nerd out on, on why, and then you find links to other things. It is incredible how the body works together as a whole system. Um, I do want to mention too, Natalie, like, and this is important because I think so many people are like, yeah, yeah. Stress management, whatever the root cause of all of my issues was stress. <laughs> like yeah. that is often a result of, so even just looking at that one marker that we were talking about for my immune system, what wears that down is stress. And I generally fall. I would call myself a stress cadet. I would call myself somebody in that camp who just has a lot of anxiety. And I just kept saying to myself, well, I don't have any issues as a result of this stress. Like I literally was dismissing all my issues and being like, that couldn't be part of stress. Right. When in reality, most of our issues are probably from stress. And the other thing that is important to recognize is that you can't just address the stress and have the issues that the stress caused resolve. Mm, yes. And you can't just <laughs> address the issues that the stress caused and, and expect the stress to just still continue on. So when it yes. becomes a really, really intricate system, um, which is where mindset is such an important piece of a health journey, whether you have a gut issue a cycle issue or, you know, a broken leg. It's all, you know, it's all so connected and so, so, so important that we address the whole picture. So from that lens, so a couple of things, um, first of all, gut issues are not something that you get through in like four weeks, 30 days. Nope. So there's a mindset shift there in understanding the long game. 
So that's question number one. And then the other piece that I was curious, because I've also worked with different healthcare providers um, for my own hormonal stuff, is the difference and the importance of clinical nutrition and also the way that coaches like us support folks on top of that and how Mm. clinical nutrition doesn't really do some of the other things. Yeah, this is great. So to start, to answer your question, this, um, relationship that I'm in with this clinical nutritionist is an eight month program. Mm -hmm. So I am currently in week five of my first protocol. Actually, I'm almost done with week five. So I'll be on week six tomorrow. But that's the protocol itself. But I worked with her for about a month beforehand. So we're about, you know, two and a half months, almost three months into this relationship. And I know that it's going to take a long time. I know that, you know, for now the supplements are on, are on reorder and everything has to make sure that it's coming in at the right time. And that's just my life. I have a pill kit and I put all the pills in there. It's fun to travel. I know. I'm like. I'm like embarrassed to bring it with me, but I'm also like, okay, I'll be with family for this trip. I'll just keep it in the room. I don't like to like explain it to everybody, especially people who just don't get it. I'm like, uh, I don't want to dive into this. Um, only my, you know, the people closest to me know, so I don't have to explain to everybody, but anyway, so there's that component, right? So that's the shift of how do we go from a quick fix of four weeks to an eight month, or I know a lot of coaches like Natalie and myself, we work with our clients for like six months to a year, right? And so that shift can be really challenging, especially from the mindset perspective, because we're used to these quick fixes. We're used to doing something and seeing results. Now I put that in air quotes. You guys can't see me because you don't see results from quick fixes. You see temporary changes. And then as soon as you go back to your lifestyle, everything goes away. And we all know this, this is why they are quick fixes. And that's why we continually do them because they don't work for the long run. Um, So one of the best things that you can do is start to find an approach that fits in with your lifestyle and is something that you can sustain for the rest of your life. That's what your diet should be. That's what your workout routine should be. Something that is adaptable and flexible. So when you can find something like that, you know, you're on a good path. If you don't have something like that, then find something like that. (laughs) So that kind of, I think that answers the first question, right, Natalie, around the timing. Yeah. And then the second component, so this is a great question and it's something that I'm actually doing a lot of in my coaching right now. So like I was talking about this woman who has SIBO, a gut issue, it got to the point where I could only go so far with her, right? In this, in her healing process, in her journey. So I was able to help her build that foundation of healthy habits to help improve SIBO as much as we could. And now she's at this point where she needs that more clinical approach, right? So she needs the supplementation, the extensive kind of approach there. And I actually referred her to an integrative um, practitioner. So she's going to have that more. So hands-on here are the supplements. Here's how to fix these things from the, from the root cause. Now a nutrition coach, especially in me and Natalie's cases, we can help you one advocate for yourself. I think that's one of the biggest things we can help you ask the questions when doctors recommend hormonal birth control, we can tell you other ways to approach this and other concerns for you to bring up to the doctor. Um, so that's something that we do. We really like to support our clients in that relationship. So it's almost like you have two, two people working with you. And then also we can still work on the foundational nutritional habits. And there's plenty of things that we can utilize to improve gut health, to improve 
um, PCOS to improve any of these more complex issues just from the nutritional component, as well as the lifestyle management and the, tr the training program that you're doing. So all of that stuff is kind of intertwined. And then you have, like we said, the clinical side, which can kind of take care of those other more complex things. And we're kind of complementary to that. I think that's how I would explain it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I think that that's, something that is important for more people to recognize. Cause I, y'all can't see Jenna, but she's just like me getting, grabbing different drink vessels as we have this conversation. Couldn't Always hydrating. Couldn't, couldn't hold that laugh in. Um, I've got like three behind me. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you know, a lot of folks and, and part of it comes from, you know, I, I do think that the root is back in the quick fix mindset. And so when we are getting instructions from, from a doctor, we're like, okay, this is going to solve all the issues. Or, you know, in the case of a clinical nutritionist that prescribes a protocol or a meal plan, because that's typically what they do. Um, again, you know, we have the mindset or the perception that this is the answer. And so then I don't need someone to, to coach me because as long as I do this, this is going to fix the problem. Right. However, going back to the mindset shifts, <laughs> of, you know, what's necessary to actually create the transformation and solve the problem for good. Um, it's typically not enough just to work with your doctor. It's never enough just to work with your doctor. Um, but you know, even just a clinical nutritionist, the, having the support and the guidance to implement and, and change these other elements of your life is in my opinion, a, a non-negotiable, which is why I worked with a coach and a clinical provider for a long time. Um, but it's expensive. So, you know, uh, call that out too. So if you, um, this is getting kind of long-winded, so we'll kind of wrap it up here, but, but I think that this is, this is an important transformation, um, as far as, as your health journey goes, but really as far as your life and your coaching goes, um, talk about the, the big mindset shifts, like, Physical transformation aside, you know, we started with all this, this stress and this trauma and, and all this stuff in college, went to become an in-person personal trainer, COVID happened, more stress, more trauma. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, really starting to dive into your, your, your health stuff and learning that weight loss, uh, that nutrition is more than just weight loss. Um, there's a lot of my mindset mile markers throughout that process. Yeah. That's, that's a really interesting way to phrase it, right? Like there's so many different, like I was saying, there's just lots of different iterations, but where was, where does your mindset come in in all of those different things? I think what I've learned more recently and something that I wasn't necessarily thinking about back then, but I wish that I was, was this concept of the growth mindset, right? Which I'm sure you've talked about on your podcast before, but just this concept that, you know, we're always evolving. We're always able to grow and learn from our mistakes. And I think that I don't, regret anything or any part of my journey in the past um, because I just appreciate it for where it's brought me now, right? I wouldn't be diving into these things. I wouldn't be digging deeper into these things if it wasn't for my own struggles. So with that new growth mindset, I just utilize now every experience in my own health and fitness as a learning opportunity, as an opportunity to help other people, other women in this same boat as me. And I think that's, what's really cool about it. And that's how my mindset has really shifted. Right. Whereas in the beginning I was like, okay, well, my body's really difficult and it hates to lose weight. So like, I should just give up. Why do I even do this? That's probably where I started. Right. 
And now I'm just at this point where it's like, wow, I might, I might not even have achieved my best physique yet. It's probably still around the corner. Once I resolve some of these issues, if there is another version of that, but all in all, I just utilize all of these experiences to be really excited for what's to come for my own health, for my client's health. And I think that that's a really cool mentality on all of that, right? So maybe you did start with that fixed mindset. How can you start to view this experience as a growth opportunity, as something that is greater than you, as something that is leading you to a greater purpose? And like I said, we can all start with that sort of aesthetics reasoning, but eventually it'll kind of transform if you're on this journey long enough into something more complex. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think the other important piece, and you can, you can fill this out is that much like my journey, much like most of the, the, the good coaches, um, that I've had the pleasure of, of being in communication with this journey has directly informed your coaching and how you show up for your clients. And it's so, so, so powerful to be able to, you know, I always say not the 20 something year old dude at the gym. That's like, let me, let me, let me beat a couple of pounds out of you kind of scenario. Um, it really takes what's I'm going to guess, not the most pleasant journey at all times. Um, mm. and really transforms it into something that has a lot more meaning and purpose. Yes. So Incredible. beautiful. <laughs> so to wrap us up, um, I'm, literally going to steal this from your podcast. Uh, give us one piece, just one or two, I don't care, um, little piece that you want to, to leave us with. And then of course, let listeners know where they can find you and where they can connect with you. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to come back to the, back to my, my tried and true and just what me and my business harvest coaching stand for, and that your health and fitness is so much more than weight loss. And If you're not quite there yet, that's okay too, but you will get there if you continue pursuing this journey and it's not going to end your health and fitness is something that will always be evolving. It's something you will always be working on. And so trying to get comfortable in that, trying to realize that this is a lifelong journey, as opposed to looking for those kind of quick fixes, which I imagine if you're listening to Natalie's podcast, you're already kind of on this journey already. But, um, if you are there, you're in the right place. So that's a good thing. If you're not there yet, you will get there (laughs) for sure. And where can, where can everybody find you connect? Yes. So I spend most of my time on Instagram at Jenna Ray Altman, which I'm sure Natalie will put in the show notes, but, um, I also have a podcast, which Natalie is also on. Um, so you guys can check her out over there too. It's the lifestyle you podcast. Um, I love podcasting and I was so excited to chat with Natalie here that we also chatted on my podcast and would love for you guys to tune into some of our episodes over there. Awesome. And do you have a website for harvest coaching as well? I do. I do. It's harvestcofit.com. Harvestcofit.com. All right. And I will definitely link all of this in the show notes. So if you're driving or walking while listening, no need to stop and take notes. I will put everything in there. Well, Jenna, thank you so much for taking the time out and speaking with us today. This has been a fantastic interview, uh, jam-packed full from cycle to gut health to mindset so much (laughs) um, that I'm sure this is actually something that listeners will want to listen to a couple of times to make sure they got it all. Um, But I greatly appreciate you coming on and um, yeah, we'll have to do this again soon. Yes. Thanks so much for having me, Natalie. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. I would love to connect with you further. So you can find me on Instagram at Natalie Brooke Guevara. If you'd like more information about my coaching program, The Strong Method, you can find all the details at updogwellnessandfitness.com, as well as additional resources and free workshops and trainings. If you have a few moments, I would love it if you would take time to rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to your shows. And I can't wait to connect with you again right here next week.